You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. We bless the name of the Lord for a brand new month, a time to indeed sing praise and to worship. Trust you are part of that praise and worship. Let's have an attitude of worship at all times, not just when we sing. Let our entire lives be about worshiping Jesus. Father, we bless your holiness. We thank you for today. Thank you for sending your son to die, to die for us. Thank you for yesterday, the Good Friday. Thank you for reminding us again that we are worth dying for. The Bible says, while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, Lord God, for sending this very strong message of love that it doesn't matter who doesn't believe that. You believe the best about us. We worship you most, high God. Lord God Almighty, as we go into your word this morning, Lord, we pray that the heavens will be opened, that we will hear you expressly, and that your name will be glorified in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And happy Easter. I'm so glad that um, we have the privilege and honor of being among the living today. And to see this year's Easter, you know, about this time last year when coronavirus hit the world and hit our city, the city of Lagos in particular, and we started to think about locking down offices, locking down shops, locking down sports centers, locking down church. And it's been about a year now. The Lord has been faithful. He has kept us. We have seen another Easter. We thought it would not come. We didn't know what was going to happen, but the Lord has been faithful. He has been very kind to us. So I'm very excited uh, this morning to greet you. Happy Easter. And all the that the Lord came to accomplish in Easter, we will experience it in the name of Jesus. Before we go into the word today, I'd just like to quickly make some announcements. In our church, one of the ways we celebrate Easter is, is to do a number of activities. And the one I really want to talk to you about and invite you to be part of is the hashtag, I love the cross. Hashtag, I love the cross. So on Easter Monday, we're going to be gathering together all young people who love Jesus, young people who love the cross of Jesus Christ, we're coming together uh, to do something for the cross. On Monday, the 5th of April, the time is 9 a.m. and the venue is our church auditorium, 4042 Imam Dauda Street. What we'll be doing is very simple. Just come with your phone or come with your tab or come with your laptop. There'll be free internet for everyone. We are going to sit down and bombard the social media uh, platforms with the hashtag, I love the cross. So we have different contents already. Just bring yourself, bring your friends. It's going to be a very good time. We are not ashamed to identify with the cross. And this is exactly what we are, we are telling the world. We want to draw other people to come and know the Jesus that went to the cross for them. It's not enough that we have heard the message. We need to get our friends to hear the message at the same time. So the second announcement I'm going to be making is a program that we have not done before. It's the first ever that we are doing. It's called our QYC, Quarterly Youth Connect quarterly youth connect we're just starting this starting from this quarter this second quarter it's going to happen on the 10th of april on the 10th of april by the grace of god we will will be doing this next saturday and the time is 9 a.m in church the time is going to be 9 a.m in our church 4042 imam dada street surulere lagos it's going to be an awesome time it will be a time of worship it would be a time of the word it would be a time of prayer it would be a time of networking it would be a time of learning 
we'll be doing a lot of things that young people love that youth love we're going to learn together you're going to speak it will also be a time for you to respond it will be a time for you to ask questions it will be a time for you to interact with us it's church unusual and it's new wine welcome to new wine so it's open to youth of all ages you are a teenager you are welcome you are single matured you are welcome you are working class you are welcome you are uh, you are married you have got children you are welcome as long as you have the youth spirit you are welcome and welcome to new wine so this morning we go straight to the word of god if you recall for the month of march we focused on understanding the cross understanding the cross and we went through a journey um just to let us understand the cross better and i i hope you picked something i hope you found something valuable that you can apply in your christian work and in your marketplace work because this is why we are here we are meant to shine the light and that light must shine on the pathway of our christian journey and the pathway of our marketplace journey but we are moving on from um understanding the cross in this month of april we are starting a new series today called stories that touch what did i call it stories that touch and we'll be we'll be starting this morning with a very touching story the touching story of uh jesus christ that happened on saturday you know every one of us we are very familiar with what happened on friday friday yesterday good friday is popular all around the world it's called good friday because we know on such a day as that the lord jesus christ was crucified okay tomorrow is um easter sunday and everybody is familiar with Easter Sunday. We know that it was on Easter Sunday that the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected. True or false? We know. So everybody knows about Easter Sunday. So we know Friday, crucifixion. We know Sunday, resurrection. But we don't know Saturday. What happened on Saturday, we don't know. In fact, some people even celebrate Ash Wednesday. They celebrate a Wednesday. So, but we don't know about this Saturday. We don't teach about this Saturday. Are there lessons in this Saturday? What is the significance of this Saturday? Is there something God wants to teach us in this Saturday? Today is that Silent Saturday. So welcome to Silent Saturday. Are you ready? Okay, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. Before I go into the book of Mark chapter 15, let me just quickly clear your doubts. As a matter of fact, it is not only in contemporary times that we don't know enough about this Silent Saturday. Even in scriptures, the synoptic gospels were not very, very clear on the events of the silent Saturday. You know, when I talk about synoptic gospel, I'm talking about the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Luke, and the book of John. There were different accounts about the gospel, about the life of Jesus, how he went about his ministry from beginning to the end when he went to heaven and handed the work over to us to continue. So they did not say a lot about what happened on Saturday. And that's why I'm curious about this Saturday. If you go to the book of Mark chapter 15, if you start from verse 42. Mark chapter 15 from verse 42. He started talking and said, Now when evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is the Good Friday, it's called the preparation day. It's the day before Saturday, which is the Sabbath, right? So Good Friday is the preparation day. You remember it was the season of Passover. Passover. So they were preparing for Passover. Okay, great. That is the day before the Sabbath. Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming 
and taking courage, went in to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body of Joseph. I mean, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he brought fine linen, took him down, and wrapped him in the linen, and he laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out of the rock, and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph observed where he was laid. If you go to the next chapter, which is chapter 16, Bible starts with saying, Now, when the Sabbath was passed, and he now began to talk about what happened on the day after the Sabbath was passed, which is Sunday. So, Mark jumped what happened on Saturday. He just used one statement. When the Sabbath was passed. Let's see uh, our beloved doctor, Uncle Luke. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23 from verse 50. Listen to what we have in the account of Luke. The Bible says, And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and just. This is a man again, Joseph again. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them, that is of the Pharisees. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after. Behold, and beheld the sepulchre, and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments, and restored, and rested the Sabbath day, according to the commandment. If you read the next chapter, which is um, 24, it says, Now, upon the first day of the week. So again, they too, they jumped Saturday. They jumped Saturday. Go to book of John. John chapter 19. I'm trying to build a case so that you, you understand what we're talking about. John chapter 19, if you start from verse 38. Verse 38 says, After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came out and took the body of Jesus, and Nicodemus, who was at first came to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices, and as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was nearby. If you go to the next verse, which is in chapter 20, verse 1, it says, Now, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. Again, John jumped Saturday. But before we even go to jumping or no jumping, I think there's one man that his name has been coming up again and again. Again and again. This man's name has been coming up. His name is Joseph of Arimathea. From these three accounts we read from Mark, Luke and John. We see that this man was a silent supporter of Jesus. Silent supporter. We never heard his name before or after. He was a council member. He was a prominent man. He was not an ordinary man. He could have platform if he wanted platform. 
This man was influential. The man walked up to the governor. Hello? It's not everybody that can go to the governor. He walked up to the governor and said, Mr. Governor, sir, even though I'm a religious man, and um, I'm, I'm a highly placed man in the society, and it is not very cool to identify with this rebel called Jesus. It's not very cool. But I identify with him. I'm going to use my influence for the kingdom. The Bible says he was a kingdom man. That the man was also waiting for the kingdom. So today, I don't know where you are. There is an access you have. There is an influence you have. Be like Uncle Joseph. Use it for the kingdom. Use it for the gospel. Don't be shy of using your influence. In fact, this man was fulfilling prophecy. Because if you read the book of Isaiah 53, this was prophesied. He will be named among the wealthy in his death. So this man was fulfilling prophecy. God has placed you in that place of influence for prophetic fulfillment. Don't fall God's hand. Don't pull back. Don't shy off. This man was recorded in scriptures. This is what he did. And he's worthy of notes. But that's not what we want to note today. What we want to focus on is the silent Saturday. So let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 27. Thank God for Uncle Matthew. Uncle Matthew documented this one for us. So we have a reference. At least a sneak peek into what happened on that silent Saturday. If you start reading from Matthew chapter 27. 27 if you start from verse 62. So, the Bible starts and said, in fact, let's read from 57 so that we, we do what we did for, for the uh, other synoptic gospels. The Bible says, when the evening had come, there came a rich man from Arithmatia named Joseph, who himself was and had become a disciple of Jesus. The man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the bo uh, body, he wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid it in the new tomb, which had been hewn out of the rock, and rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary, sitting opposite the tomb. See verse 62. Verse 62 says, On the next day, thank God for the next day, the next day after crucifixion, thank God for that day. The Bible says, which followed the day of preparation. Hmm? The chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember, we remember while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard? Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. Then verse 20, uh, chapter 28 now starts. Now, after the Sabbath. So you, you see the, the same similarity and you see the difference that the book of Matthew brings to us. In these very short verses that we have read, verse 62 to 66 in particular, we see that there are seven things that happened on this silent Saturday. How many things did I call them? Seven things that happened on this silent Saturday. We'll pick them one after the other as God will give us grace. The first thing that happened on the silent Saturday is that it was a Sabbath. What did I call it? It was a Sabbath day. You know, if you had read some verses before this, you would have understood why religion is such a poisonous thing. Religion is what makes you to do things that you have always been doing 
and you continue to do, even the reason for doing it has changed. Even when the reason for doing it has changed, you continue to do it. I think a wise man once said, the greatest threat to spirituality is religion. Because we tend to think that because we do things in a certain way, let's just continue. Let's continue to do it like that. Hello, were they not there when the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place, when it tore into two from top down, when the hand of God, by reason of angelic intervention of some sort, tore that curtain from top down, not down up, not man. There was no man tearing it from down up, but from top down. Were they not there? Didn't they hear? Were they not there when there was an earthquake when he said it is finished? Were they not there when there was darkness for hours? Were they not there? When there was a shaking? Where there was a rumbling? Were they not there? So they continued to do religion because it's Passover. The Passover lamb was already offered on the day of preparation. On the Good Friday, didn't you get the memo? They didn't get the memo. So they still went ahead and did the Sabbath. They carried on like nothing happened. Did they not know that the death of the testator seals the covenant? It's like becoming effective. The moment he said it is finished, that New Testament was canonized. That New Testament became effective. Everything he worked and did all through the scriptures became effective. From that moment, they did not know. I don't know what they were doing on the Sabbath. I don't know who they were praying to. They did not know that the same one that they crucified has become king and lord. They did not know. When things change, we also have a tendency to not know. We carry on as usual. We keep doing the normal things. Religion is like a virus. Once it bites us, we continue to do. Continue to do. Can you pause and ask them, is there a reason why things are happening the way they are happening now? The silent Saturday. The first thing about it was that it was a Sabbath. Today too, we carry on with our religious talks and show of piety. Show of piety. With our show of piety that means nothing, that lacks substance. That lacks substance. We deny the power thereof. We rather choose religion over spirituality. We are wrong. They were wrong. Because on such a day as that, I thought the, the atmosphere would be different. I thought Sabbath would be cancelled. Because the Lord of the Sabbath himself was on the cross and he has paid the price for Sabbath. He has paid the price. They were fighting him when he was healing on the Sabbath. Now he has cancelled the Sabbath. The Sabbath has lost its relevance. So you can argue all you want. He has overcome the grave. He has overcome the grave. Jesus did not die to start another religion. His death became the only pathway for a relationship with the Father. They did not see the memo. They carried on with the Sabbath on the silent Saturday. As if nothing has changed. But on the silent Saturday, there was another thing that happened. The second thing that happened on the silent Saturday was a surrender to nature. What did I call it? Surrender to nature. The first one is that the silent Saturday was a Sabbath. The second thing that happened on that silent Saturday was that there was a surrender to nature. And brethren, I know I'm speaking to youth today. A day is coming where we shall all surrender to nature. Hmm. It's not a day to be feared. It's a day that should guide how we will live the rest of the days before that day. The day where we surrender to nature. Young people have surrendered to nature. Old people do surrender to nature. 
And not everybody will grow old before we surrender to nature. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I know the room is quiet now. I know you are saying, why is Pastor Jenkins talking about death? I thought it's supposed to be a youth service. Oh, yes, it's a youth service. Jesus died a youth. Jesus was 33 and a half when he died. But our definition of youth today, especially in Nigerian parlance, where you can be 69 and be a youth. Jesus died a youth. John the Baptist died a youth. John the Baptist was maybe only six months older than Jesus. John the Baptist died maybe a youth. John the Baptist was an anointed man of God. The Bible said, of all men born of women, there is none greater than him. The man had the spirit of Elijah. He died a youth. So don't let this scare you. It's the reality of life. That at some point, we surrender to nature. We surrender. Jesus was a busy man. His schedule was always busy. You know, Jesus will wake up in the morning and he will have his morning prayer. We see from scriptures a lot of evidence that Jesus was an early riser. The Bible says he will get up very early, you know, and he will go to a solitary place to pray. Jesus had a busy routine. He would go on the street, heal people, feed the, the hungry, heal uh, those who are deaf and blind, provide food, you know, walk on water, do miracles, cast out demons. Oh, yes. A day is coming that we all surrender to nature. Are we preparing for that day? It's appointed unto man to die but once after that the judgment. Are we getting ready? We must live each day in view of that day. A day where we will all surrender to nature. A day when all our friends, husband, wife, brother, parents, will leave us and walk away. You know, I have had a privilege, should I say the torture, of bearing friends, fellow soldiers, loved ones, young and old. And after all our crying and weeping and songs and hymns and liturgies and readings of scriptures and the ash to ash and dust to dust and we lower the body. One by one, we start to live. The dearest wait until everyone has left. But after everyone has left and only the dearest are left, even the dearest, they leave and go home. That day is coming when we all surrender to nature. Even the most loyal followers. Mary, after waiting and watching at the tomb, read your Bible. The Bible said, when the day of preparation was running off, that Friday night. You know there is a custom. On Saturday morning, you should not do any work because it's Sabbath. On that silent Saturday, you should not be sitting outside. You'll be breaking the law. It's like those days when you used to have... Um, sanitation in Lagos State when say by 7 a.m. you must not be seen outside between 7 and 10. You must be inside or you must be cleaning your gutters. So they cannot be found on the street. So even though they love Jesus and they waited while he was on the cross and they waited when his body was brought down and they waited when his body was being added incense and mires and lambos and they waited when his body was put in the tomb and they waited when the stone was put on the tomb. It was time to go home. When it was time to go home they had to go. Oh, you didn't know they went. They left. Because that's why when you read the chapters that follow, the Bible says they came on the following morning, the day after the Sabbath, right? The Bible says they came on the day after the Sabbath. That means they left on the day before the Sabbath. A time will come. Everybody's going to leave us. Live your life in view of that day. The silent Saturday. 
teaches us to live our life in recognition of the day where everyone will go and the grave will be silent. There will be no voice. There will be no movement. There will be no rustling except the rustling of leaves. In a busy city like Lagos, everybody is going to turn off and leave the man or the woman in the tomb, in the grave. Just alone. Just alone. The sort of thing that happened on this silent Saturday is suspense. Suspense. There was a lot of suspense on this day. It's be like watching a movie. The disciples must be asking themselves, what next? What next? You remember how it happened? When he was arrested in the garden of Gethsemane, not even all of them were there. Peter, James and John were there. Others were not even there. But I'm sure they heard. Because when Peter had to follow at a distance, at some point, when he denied, he left. I'm sure they went to talk to one another. And you will see evidence of that on the resurrection morning. Because they met them gathered on the resurrection morning. So everybody had known that the Lord was arrested, killed and buried. They knew. What I don't know is what they were discussing in that room. What was going through their minds? He said he will resurrect. Will he really resurrect? What if he doesn't resurrect? Oh, we have seen him do miracles. We have seen him walk on water. We have seen him talk to the storm and the storm obeyed him. We have seen him command Lazarus to come out of the grave and he came out of the grave. What if he wakes up but there's nobody to roll away the stone? How will he get out? Who will give him food? What will happen? How will he smell? What will he wear? A lot of questions on their minds. What's going to happen to us? These soldiers that have killed him now, are you sure they will not come for us? The silent Saturday was a day of suspense. I'm sure they locked the door, wondering what will happen next. What is going to happen next? Will Pilate send soldiers to come and arrest all of us and put us in the jail? Will they give us the Kensarua treatment? Will they behead us? Will they put us on the cross? They didn't know. What next? We are in that phase of what next to as believers. Oh, our Lord Jesus, he went, he left on, on the day of ascension, he went and he said, I'm coming back, but he has not come back. What next? What are we supposed to do? Suspense. There's a lot of suspense in our world. Every small thing that happened, maybe it's Jesus is coming. Co- Corona came, oh, maybe it's Jesus is coming. Some people will say 5G is a, is a 66. And today, happily, they are collecting the vaccine. What next? Suspense. In a time of suspense, there are a lot of things that happen. So on the silent Saturday, the third thing that happened was suspense. But not only suspense must have happened. I, I leave you to the fourth thing that happened on the silent Saturday. It's savage comments. Hello? What did I call it? Savage comments. The first one was Sabbath. The second one was surrender to nature. The third one is suspense. The fourth one is savage comments. These savage comments did not start on Saturday. Actually, it started on Friday. Go to Matthew 27. Start from verse 39. Verse 39. The Bible says, And those who passed by, they blasphemed him. This was when Jesus was on the cross. When they have nailed him on the cross and they have put that writing. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. They have put it on top of his cross. The Bible says, And when those who passed by did so, they blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You would destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. (laughs) If you are the son of God, come down from the cross now. Come down. Verse 41 says, Likewise, the chief priests also 
walking with his tribes and elders said he saved others himself he cannot save <laughs> if he is the king of Israel let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him Lord Hero. he trusted in God let him deliver himself now if he will have him for he said I am the son of God the Bible says in verse 44 even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing so they continued from Friday they were talking Imagine if there was Twitter on this silent Saturday. I don't want to imagine what would be trending. You know, just play the scenario. Play the scenario. There's Twitter. And there's a man who has been going around for three and a half years. And has been preaching radical things. You know, and have been doing miracles. Some of which people have said is by the hand of Beelzebub. You know, they, they said all kinds of things about what he was doing. Some believed him. Some shouted Hosanna. Some shouted crucify him. You know, it's, it's a mixed multitude. And just like what we see on social media, there are some people that are hailing you, there are some people that are dragging you. They would have dragged Jesus on that silent Saturday if it was on if Twitter was available then. Some of the hashtags that would have been raining, they would say, ah, low budget Messiah. It would just be trending. Everybody making comments. Or they would say, hashtag, I will rebuild the cross. I mean, I will rebuild the temple. Hashtag, I will rebuild the temple. Hashtag, fake son of God. All kind of things. They would have been dragging him and anybody who tried to defend him, they would drag you and join. I don't know what they desire in doing it. All the generator you have been dragging, the generator has refused to start. There's still no power in Nigeria. Where is this dragging taking us to? They would have dragged him a lot that day. Many of us too, as believers today, we have been dragged in the same space. Say, that that your Jesus. He left more than 2,000 years ago. And he said he's coming. Every year, you people, you say he's coming, he's coming. He say he's coming. They say Jesus has put us on his coming. We, you know, we hear all sort of things. The silent Saturday is a day of savage comments. And you know, some of us too, where our lives are now, is similar to the silent Saturday. It's a Saturday that you don't, you don't know what's going on. A major event has happened on Friday. You are expecting a major event on Sunday. But you are in your Saturday season. And everybody is dragging you. Oh, you say you are such a, a child of God. You have been keeping yourself pure. Ah, but no man has come now. It's your silent Saturday. Sister, don't be discouraged. You have been waiting on God for that child. You say you are trusting God. They've been dragging you. Ah, sister, will you not come? You know, there's one place. There's one Baba somewhere. Once we go there, three months, three months only, you carry your baby. Your belly will start shooting. What they don't tell you is that it's not only your belly that will shoot because in 18 years time that boy is going to carry a gun and shoot you and shoot everybody that matters to you they will not tell you that so they start dragging you on your silent Saturday you say you are a child of God you go to church you are part of prayer warrior how come you have not got that job since uh-uh. you say you people you, you are children of God you carry fellowship on your head every time church, 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 church have you got anything to show for this church they are dragging you but your story will not end on the silent Saturday mm-mm Sunday is coming to silence their comments. I know they have your savage comments lined up. They have rehearsed them. They are posting them. They are even doing flyer. They are doing infographic on the savage comment they want to throw at you. But Sunday is coming to silence those comments. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your story is not going to end on Saturday. Mm-mm. It's not going to end. You know, they mocked Anna too early. They mocked her too early. Penina mocked her too early. 
she didn't know that her children will not be remembered. The names of her children will not even be known in scripture. But there's a man called Samuel. <laughs> there was a boy called Samuel that God bypassed the priest to go and speak to. When God shows up, it doesn't matter what names they have called you. It doesn't matter. Nobody will remember it. Nobody will remember it. I'm going to the next one because time is not my friend today. Number five thing that happened on the silent Saturday was suspicion. What did I call it? Suspicion. The chief priests and the Pharisees, they could not take any chances. They began to say, hmm, this Jesus, you know, somehow we don't believe him, but somehow we believe him. <laughs> you know, that's what happens. Somehow they don't think you will make it, but somehow they know you will make it. Somehow they don't think you are going somewhere, but somehow they know you are going somewhere. They say, we know, when we have scored the point, on Friday we killed him. In fact, we got the people to say crucify him. In fact, we forced them to prefer a robber to him. And we voted a robber. We voted for a robber to be released. And we voted for the king to be crucified. We know we've done that. We have scored a point. But there is a chance. Hmm, this man that said he will wake up on the third day. Hmm, maybe we wake up. Uh, if they didn't believe he will wake up, why are you trying to do something? You know he will wake up. You know. You know, you just want to create a conspiracy theory. So they began to create a conspiracy theory. Maybe his disciples, they will come and steal him. So they have rehearsed and prepared a smooth conspiracy theory. They have perfected it. Hello? Which disciples will come and steal him? The ones that could not stand you when you came to arrest him. The ones that ran away. The ones that could not even show up on the cross when he was there for hours. They couldn't show up. So suddenly they will now become bold. And they will become so organized. And they will, they will outsmart the Roman army that you have used to surround the place. Ah, fear God now. Fear God. Pharisees. I thought you are supposed to be chief priest. Fear God. So they created that story that no, no, nobody will buy. But what this teaches me, and I hope it teaches you the same, that no matter how good you are, there will be people that will always suspect you. They will suspect your motives. They will suspect your methods. They will suspect your mission. You can outrun everything. You can never outrun accusation if you want to do something good in life. There will always be people who will accuse you. Always. What did Jesus do? The Bible says he went about doing good. Yet, they believed he was a deceiver. They said, this deceiver, listen to what they called him now. They said, this deceiver, maybe he will go and get uh, his disciples will put themselves together. They'll come and steal him so that the, the deception at the end will not be greater than the deception at the, at the, at the early stage. Which deception? Which deception are you talking about? The deception of feeding 5,000. The deception of walking on water. The deception of healing your sick. Even in your own temples and synagogues, he healed them right there. Those people were sick. There was a woman who has been bent down for years. You could not do anything. He came on the Sabbath, he healed her. Was that deception? He opened blind eyes. Was that deception? In your eyes. But you will never admit the truth. They will always taint the image of people who are doing good. So don't be bothered today. In your doing good, if people keep suspecting you, maybe he has motives. See the way he's talking. I think he has a motive. He's trying to do something. See the way she's working. I think she has a motive. May the Lord deliver us from all their suspicions. But that's not all that happened on the silent Saturday. They went beyond the suspicion and the conspiracy theory. The sixth thing that happened on that day was scheming. What did I call it? Scheming. The Pharisees and the chief priests they schemed. They said, hmm, what we need to do now is to take action. Beyond this, our um, suggestion that something will happen, let's go 
and use our political influence. Let's go to the governor. It's not only Joseph of Arimathea that has access to Pilate. Let us also go to Pilate. Ah, Lord Jesus, help me. You see, God has positioned some people for his kingdom to have access to Pilate. The devil has also positioned some people for his kingdom to have access to Pilate. So if we fold our hands and we don't go to Pilate, the other people will not fold their hands. They will go to Pilate. I know I'm speaking parables. But for as many of you that have the Joseph calling and prophetic grace upon your life, may you not fail in the day that you should show up. May you not keep your mouth shut on the day you should show up. Because the Pharisees, they did not keep their mouth shut. When they had opportunity like Joseph of Arimathea to go and see Pilate, they went to see Pilate. They went to meet Pilate. They said, Pilate, you see, this man has said he will wake up. Not that we believe, oh, but just so that his disciples will not make the people believe that he woke up. Give us protection. Pilate said, I've already given you some protection. Read your Bible. He said, you have your guards already. He said, but in addition, I will do whatever else you want. Make sure you use the resources to secure it as best as you can. As best as you can. Of course, we know later that when they failed, they fabricated another scheme. The Bible said they bribed. It's not only in Nigeria we have corruption and bribery. Corruption and bribery, it have been there. In fact, okay, just hold on one minute. Let's go to chapter 28. Chapter 28 of the book of uh, Matthew. If you read from verse 11. Aha. Read from verse 11. You will see that we are not the one that started corruption in Nigeria. Mm -mm. It has been there a long, long time ago. So the Bible says, after the resurrection... And the women were on their way out to go and inform the disciples. Okay. Bible says, Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. You know all the things that happened, right? Because on the resurrection morning, <laughs> this is why I love, I love the Lord. God knows how to do drama when he wants to do something. He will leave a signature so that you cannot doubt it. You cannot doubt that his hand is on it. They have locked the place. He said, put everything you want to put. They put everything. The Bible says there was something like lightning from the sky. An angel of the Lord descended like lightning. He said the soldiers, they were like dead men. They fell down. They were slain under the anointing. There was a spiritual energy around them. All of them fell like somebody was hit by waves of anointing. The Bible says the angel rolled away the stone. He rolled away the stone. He didn't care that there was a seal. He rolled away the stone. The seal of authority of, of, of the leaders, of, of, of the governor, cannot stop a supernatural force. He rolled away the stone. So that morning, something spectacular happened. Then the Lord Jesus, awake, walked out of the place. So the soldiers, when they woke up, they met the stone open. They met the stone rolled away. The tomb opened. So they knew something had happened. And his disciples could not have done this. Because they were around when they saw something like lightning in the sky. They were around when the angel descended and they were slain under the anointing. They were, they were around. So they knew the truth of what happened. So that's, that's what the Bible was saying. That they went into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. Mm -hmm. So the Bible says in verse 12, When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them, his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And this, if this comes 
to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. So they bribed them. They bribed them. They said, just go, take this money. Keep telling people, ah, while we were sleeping, sleeping on duty, Roman soldiers sleeping on duty, are you serious? When we were sleeping, then his disciples, they came and they rolled away the stone. Did they bring a crane? What did they use to roll away the stone? And they came and they, they, they rolled away the stone and stole his body. And they will now woke up. Was it a dream? Ah, excuse me. Say, but if the governor now hears, don't worry, we will cover you. The church will cover you with the government. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. So this conspiracy was even backed with cash. Cash backed conspiracy. There are some people that are willing to pay to spoil your name. Say, go and lie. We will pay for the lie. We will create the videos where you were hugging that sister. We will create the video. We will boost it on social media. It will go viral. We will, put, we will do it. May the Lord deliver us from them. The silent Saturday was a day of scheming. They schemed and conspired, but they failed. They failed. Their scheming could not stop the resurrection. In fact, their scheming could not stop the fact that there are over one billion Christians today. Billion Christians today. By reason of the resurrected Christ. It's not about what is written. It's about what is written in our hearts. We know by experience that Christ is alive. Because he speaks to us. He teaches us. He intervenes. He's the one we call to in prayers and he shows up. So we know he's not dead. Christ is not dead. We don't care what the story making the round is. Christ is not dead. We know he's alive. We have seen where we have called him and he showed forth severally. Churches all over the place are testament to the fact that Christ is alive. I know there may be a few fake people out there. But there's the real Jesus and there's real power. There is real confirmation of his being alive. We are proof and testimony that Christ is alive. So they failed. Their scheming failed woefully. The seventh and last thing that happened on the silent Saturday is that there was a ceiling, there was a securing, and there was a setting of God. We read about it earlier where they went to meet the governor and they said they got permission to go and seal the place. You see, when the Bible uses the word seal, you need to understand that uh, in, the, in the medieval times, a seal is like um, a signature, a stamp. Of some sort. Do you remember the story of Daniel? In the book of Daniel chapter 6. If you read from verse 17. When they put Daniel in the den of lions. The Bible says. They sealed it with the ring of the king. And the ring of his chiefs. They sealed the place. Meaning. is a tamper proof insignia of some sort. So if you seal this seal on a, on a substance. Or on a place. You cannot open it. It's like if um, you are building an illegal building and government come and cross the house. You see that cross, you cannot use your paint to cover it. So it's like, it's, a, it's representing the authority of the government. So they put the authority of the government on the stone. Of course, we know that they put the stone there. Joseph and Arimathea, when they buried Jesus, they were the ones that asked them to put the stone there so that the stench of the decaying body will not come out. It's in the custom of the day to seal the stone tomb. You remember the book of John chapter 11 for Lazarus also. They sealed the, the stone. So when Jesus was going to call him out, he said they should roll away the stone. You understand? So the stone is normal, but the seal is not normal. 
The seal is an authority of government to say nobody should open this place. The plan was to say even if he resurrects, nobody can bring him out. He cannot come out. He will be breaking the law if anybody tries to open the stone. So I don't care what policy is in place. When God is at work, he breaks the protocols. So when God sends that angel, the angel cannot be bothered. He's not under the authority of that government. So he broke the protocol and rolled away the stone. Seal or no seal, he rolled it off. He rolled it off. Of course, the stone, he rolled it off. Angels are powerful beings. That's why when you see an angel, the first thing you read in the Bible, it says, the angel will say, do not be afraid. When you see angel, you'll be afraid. Everybody that is claiming they've seen angel, they've seen angel. If you have seen an angel, you'll be afraid. Except when those angels have come in human form, when uh, they disguise so that to just come in. But if they appear in their real form, you will be afraid. Anyone will be afraid. John saw an angel. He was afraid. Yeah. You understand? So it's, it's normal that angels are mighty in strength. The Bible says they excel in might. They excel in might. That is, they have supernatural strength. So he rolled away the stone. So the stone cannot stop the resurrection. The seal could not stop resurrection. In fact, the setting of God could not stop it. Because when our angel came, pam, 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 everybody fall down. That's it. They fell under the power and the presence of that angel. Even though there was a roster for vigilance, you know? Because they said, this man will wake up. I'm sure they must have had the roster. Yeah, one hour, you will stay here. Make sure your eyes are open like this. You are walking to and fro. You are pacing up and down. Make sure there's no fly that passes. But when somebody flew in, <laughs> this is not a fly. This is not a butterfly. This is a flying angel. May the Lord dispatch his angels to do what man has said cannot be done in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. In your season of Saturday, all barriers can be broken when God is at work. Just know that. In this silent Saturday, when God is at work, he breaks all barriers. All barriers. Broken. I pray for you today as I run off. My time is out. As I round off today, I pray for you that your story will not end on this Saturday. No, 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 no. Your Sunday is coming in the name of Jesus and it will end your obscurity in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That moment you have been, I don't care how many years it has been. Do you believe me, child of God? Do you believe me, child of God? I need to be in a prayer mood right now. I'm going to decree upon your life. That season of being silent, that season in between one great event and another great event, and you have been looking forward to the next great event, and it has not come. It has not come in a month, it has not come in a year, it has not come in 10 years. From today, by reason of the resurrected Christ, may you receive that which will change the equation. In the name of Jesus, such angelic visitation that will change the story of your life. May it come upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. May the power of his resurrection wipe away every ugly experience you have had. In the name of Jesus, I know you might have been called names, you might have had ugly experiences, but by the power of his resurrection, may your story be changed. In the name of Jesus, may your story be changed. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare to you, every scheme and barrier stopping you from fulfilling prophecy, may they be rolled away. In the name of Jesus, may they give way. In the name of Jesus, it was prophesied that on the third day we rise. May the prophecies hanging upon your life find fulfillment. In the name of Jesus, in this Easter season, by the power of his resurrection, may you have a testimony. In the name of Jesus, that which they have condemned and said it can no longer happen. They rolled it behind the stone, they locked it and sealed it up, they set God upon it so that it will not happen. May heaven defy them. In the name of Jesus, may heaven defy them. May your case defy such barriers. In the name of Jesus, you will not die in obscurity. You will not end in obscurity. 
Your Sunday is coming to announce the power of the Lord in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord keep you. May he uphold you with his strength. May he establish in his will. And may the word of God find fulfillment in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you real good. And I, I wish you a very happy Easter. Happy Easter once more. God bless you. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store. And also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street off Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.